I bet you heard that constantly. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Welcome to Active Discourse, the multi-platform technology podcast. I am Bo, your foldable phone-wielding co-host for today, and joining me, as always, is Brett. And I'm Brett, the mini-phone enthusiast. Maybe the only one in the world. There are dozens of you. Dozens! I'm glad you picked up on that, because that was exactly what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so speaking of mini-phone... You yeah. you uh, want to talk about a mini phone? Uh, just briefly. I'm hemming and hawing so much on this. Uh, I did switch back to the iPhone 12 mini. As as we speak, it's Labor Day tomorrow. Apple's most very likely to event, announce their iPhone event tomorrow. So um, we will see where exactly I go with the iPhone mini in the future. But right now I'm using the iPhone mini just because it's such a great device and I love it. And Apple is likely or not likely to have a 13 mini? If they cancel it, that would be really big news because it, the general consensus is that an iPhone 13 mini is the last one to be made. Ah, okay. So the sad day has not arrived, but it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. If not ever, at least this year, and maybe they'll just make an SE again. That's small. I guess we'll see. Who knows? All right. So continuing a little bit of follow-up, uh, Windows 11. Um, it's continuing to, it's not officially out, but, uh, I did install it on my laptop. It took a little bit of ignoring what Microsoft was trying to tell me. <laughs> uh, yeah. so I joined windows insiders, uh, which allows me to install it before it's fully released. And they pop up a little message and say, are you sure about this? Because mm-hmm. we don't think it's going to work and all that crap. And I said, just do it. And there have been no issues. TPM is still a thing, but there's actually a way, I, I believe, on both my laptop and my desktop to enable it, uh, at least for the TPM requirement. Uh, it is a hardware module, but the I think the 6th gen Intel processors were the first ones to have, uh, basically, the, the CPU can do the job that usually the this little chip on the motherboard would do, is my understanding of it. So... I can get around that particular requirement on both my desktop and my laptop. The old CPUs eh, remains to be seen, but I'll at least be able to install it. Uh, they've kind of they just recently end of August lightened that uh, restriction. We'll be able to install it. They're just not kind of officially supporting it. So, yeah, I, I think next time or relatively soon, I think we should chat about how you get security updates in the future because I was just listening to Windows Weekly recently and it sounds like they are kicking people out of the uh, Insider program if you don't have compatible hardware. So, but that said though, that's uh, that that's their official answer to how you can get security updates and uh it, it sounds like there's uh, it's an evolving conversation with whether or not you're going to be able to get updates through Windows Update or if you're going to have to go out to Microsoft.com and manually download and then manually install uh, the security updates once a month. I, I don't know if that's actually going to happen. It seems insane that they would go forward with that because if they're going to allow you to install it manually via ISO or via the Insider program, you'd think that they would want your computer to be secure and not to give you a ridiculous hurdle to get the security patches, but who knows? That situation isn't going to necessarily change for you. Both your computers are unsupported by Windows 11, and I don't 
I'd be extremely surprised if that changes. I don't know how much of a big deal it's going to be either, though, but still. Yeah, for now, it's not a concern of mine. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, if I need to, I'll put Windows 10 back on it until 2025. But it does seem like they're wanting to drop people who are on this older hardware, which is kind of new for, for Microsoft. They've generally been very, very, like, to their detriment, been yeah. fully, like, backwards compatible. They've... they've They've broken backwards compatibility here and there, but for the most part, they are yeah. very pro backwards compatibility. <laughs> so it, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. I'm not too worried about it. We'll we'll see how that goes, and we'll talk more about Windows 11 uh, in the future. But for now, and and kind of moving toward our our main topic of the day, uh, you've you've gone and done some some graphic work. Yes. Tradition on this show is that whenever we get a new phone, either you or I... Um, <gasps> Who got a new phone? Our, our buddy, Bo, here got a new <laughs> phone, and so that means we got to change the artwork again. So it was a hard concept to figure out how to... You know, use the previous generation of artwork. The previous generation of artwork uh, obviously had kind of a, two split phones next to each other, and really trying my damn best to embrace two phones sitting right next to each other that do not belong next to each other. Photo chopped, as I have been calling it in the last couple uh, hours or so since I've been writing this. <laughs> and I decided that I don't think photo chopping is probably the way to go anymore. And I went back to a design that I actually came up with uh, a couple years back that uh, the last time that we made a major change and um, like right as soon as I got done making the previous album artwork, the, the first iteration of the previous generation, I had this other idea of having like something like a phone slices where it's a generic phone up on both sides but in the middle there's like a diagonal slice between the two on one it has one wallpaper on the other it has another wallpaper and those wallpapers are going to be what's going to define your and my phone and i guess we could i don't know how much of a big deal it is that mine is the top one and yours is the bottom one i don't know um if you want me to switch that up i can but either way so as you will now see as i shall change the album artwork now on the on your podcast player of choice you will see that there is a uh, iphone wallpaper and there is a galaxy z fold 3 that's a mouthful you nailed um, it. <laughs> galaxy z fold 3 default artwork bose is the default artwork that ships on the box mine is not because i absolutely detest the iphone 12 circle artwork it just it sucked so i improvised and used a different wallpaper that shipped with the iphone 12s and i was 14 last year and this is going to be a problem that solves itself because in probably a few weeks i'll be getting a new phone anyway so uh this is relatively temporary album artwork but hey here it is Mm -hmm. I do have a couple variations of it, but I actually, just before we started recording, this top one here, as you see in the show notes, Bo, I think is actually going to be the one that I go with. Um, and I think I'm going to totally phase out the concept of a light mode and a dark mode album artwork. It, it can still be around if you want, but I think I'm going to take the, the white lettering from the light mode album artwork and then take the black tabs from the dark mode album artwork and... Uh, this I think top one is is the one to go with. Definitely on board with that. So it's it's fun. It's uh, all sorts of pretty. So anyway, that's that. I had I had fun uh, doing that and bringing up an old design that I had thought about but just didn't have time to because 
I don't know. I, I got done with the previous generation. I was like, well, this is a good idea too. So I just saved it for later. And here we, is. Here we are. It's later. Generation three album artwork with phone slices instead of uh, Photoshop phones. Yep. Nope. This looks great. Cool. And it's been a while since I've had a newer phone than you. So we, we do have a little bit to talk about on my side then today. <laughs> yes. Yes. So let's talk about the Galaxy Z Fold 3 today. Curious to know your thoughts. Um, you've come from the Galaxy S9 Plus, and that was no longer getting updates, right? Like, you didn't have the newest version of um, oh, Samsung's UI 3, right? Right. It was. I think it was on One UI 2.5. I don't think it got 3.0. So you have a lot here. You have a new version of Android. You have a new version of Samsung UI, or One UI. Mm-hmm. You got a lot here, and as well as you have a phone that folds... Well, that's the least of it. We all know that's not really that important. <laughs> you have a tablet and you have a phone all at once. <laughs> okay. So let's get that out of the way. Just first thing. The folding is awesome. It's mm. it's really, really cool. And before we started recording, I was even trying to fold the phone and clap it shut and just <laughs> trying to get Brett to hear how majestic it is. <gasps> But, That's what you were doing. Okay, but, got it. Uh, we're, we're using Discord for our chat, and uh, it just suppresses that as noise, apparently. So he didn't get to hear the mm-hmm. majesty. But it, it's great. <laughs> it's really fun to to use when it's unfolded and, and unfolded. Uh, folded and unfolded both are, are very nice to use. So the folding just, first of all, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> have you gotten past the honeymoon phase with the folding? Do you think that you have started to embrace the fact that it folds instead of like, holy shit, this thing folds? It's starting to feel a little normal and it doesn't take long. Y- you might be surprised, but like, I still think it's really cool and I super appreciate the folding, but it starts to feel normal and it doesn't take all that long. You start to... You know, at first I was like thinking, man, this thing is so fragile. I have to be so careful with it. And it didn't take long for me to do short tosses onto the couch or something as I'm, you know, walking to the kitchen or something. So, nice. you know, I'm still going to be careful with it. I'm not going to like take it and rub it into the sand on the beach or something. It's a good idea not to do that. <laughs> I'm not babying it quite quite as much as I kind of thought I would. And, and so that's nice. And it helps that uh, there have been some videos testing the durability. Uh, Jerry Rig Everything is one of the most popular kind of durability and teardown testers out there. And he did a pretty uh, thorough examination of it and poured dirt on it and tried to scratch it. And oh, Lord. It, it pretty much performed as expected on the inside screen. I mean, it's, it can scratch cause it's plastic uh, over the super thin glass. So that did scratch, but durability wise, yeah. he tried to burn it and it actually held up better than a recent iPhone, I believe. And um, in the burning, mm. not that you're going to burn your phone that often, but just durability wise, <laughs> it was super impressive. And so it, it really made me realize, you know, it is a little bit more fragile in some ways, but in others, I, I think being the third iteration of, of this folding tech, it's come a long way. And it's, uh, I wouldn't say maybe built to last really quite yet, but it's, it's pretty tough and I think it'll last pretty well on, on that topic. Uh, how long off the top of your head do you think that you'll be rocking this thing? Uh, well, it's hard to say because I wouldn't have really mm-hmm. said when I got the S9 Plus that I would have had it for three and a half years. 
but that's how long I had it. So it re- it really depends on if there's there's devices that are compelling in the meantime. Uh, because when the S9 Plus came out, uh, and for the last couple of years, it's really it's, it's maintained very well. I didn't have any battery issues. It had it still had a headphone jack and SD card slot. I didn't feel like the screen uh, had any issues. It was a really really well made refined device and helped that Samsung's later iterations started removing those features one by one mm-hmm. <laughs> until sure. there was practically nothing left of those special features. So yeah, it's hard to tell, right? Yeah, so it is hard to say when I'll get rid of this. Now, we'll jump on that real quick too. This this Fold also does not have an SD card slot or a headphone jack. The fact that it doesn't have those doesn't bother me at all. I thought about it and uh, along with getting the 512 gigabyte model and uh, just not really needing the SD card slot if I have that much room, uh, I don't shoot a lot of like 4K video or store all that much on my phone, so 512 should be plenty for me. Plus, with you know cloud backup and things, I can drop stuff off. But headphones, I, I use Bluetooth pretty much exclusively now, so not going to need the headphone jack. That hasn't been uh, too much of a a loss for me uh, with how much I gain just in terms of the form factor itself. Right, totally. So yeah, I guess it'll, it'll all kind of come down to whether or not there's dramatic changes and upgrades to the the folding technology in the next two to three years. Otherwise, you're just going to push it probably as hard as you did for the S9 and um, go from there. So interesting. Right. So the, the Fold 4, the Fold 5, we'll see how those do, or, or other phones in the meantime, flips. You yeah. know, uh, I think this is a hugely developing market right now for this kind of device. So I think the next few years are going to be bigger and better than the last few. Okay, so um, there's the outside screen, there's the inside screen. How do you feel you're using the two of them together? Is there something you do on the outside screen more than the inside screen? Um, how do you decide when you're going to open it up? It's kind of actually on the fly. I don't know if I have a true met- methodology at this point, but uh, let's let's start with the outside screen, the, the cover screen which is what you'll be using when the phone is folded. It's it's narrow, it's really narrow, and it's really tall. But it does take up the whole outside of the device. Uh, unlike mm-hmm. on the previous iterations, it was a little smaller and it didn't have a, the... It didn't match the refresh rate of the inside screen. So basically, Samsung was noticing that people wanted to use the outside screen basically like they were using traditional smartphones, which is how I've been using it. So I'll be using Reddit on that screen or just checking my text messages on that or quick browses of the internet. I snap some pictures with it folded and use that outside screen. But then, you know, if I wanted to take a look at those pictures on the bigger screen, then I can just quickly unfold it and see those pictures in their full glory and just really open that up and get a bigger view of it. A lot of apps because of the screen size will adapt and switch to a different layout, uh, like a tablet mode layout. So uh, like Outlook, for example, will change so that you can see all of your messages, your threads on the left and then see the message on the right. Um, And very similar for a lot of other apps, especially Samsung's built-in ones that they 
uh, have adapted to use mm. this. I think they call it app split view. Does the outside screen actually feel like a small phone? So the last time we spoke, I was intrigued by the concept of the the fold because of the fact that I like my small phone, but I would like to have a bigger screen every so often. Uh, when you have it closed, does it actually feel like a small phone or does the thickness kind of remove th- that uh, illusion? It does feel thicker. It's It's noticeably thicker than than your your, your other yeah. phone um so compared right. to my s9 plus yeah it's definitely thicker and it's noticeable it should be easy to hold though and how how does it feel it's still easy to hold uh it's it's still i mean it's heavier but it's i i don't i don't really notice the weight personally i i do think it's heavier but uh it's definitely holdable for me i've i've used it the same way i did my s9 plus you know laying down in bed holding it up scrolling through things and it's been perfectly fine and actually going back to the narrowness of it it's actually amazing which is is something i didn't i didn't expect but it's turning out to be one of my favorite features of the phone. Interesting. The the outside screen is very narrow compared to most mainstream phones. That means I can easily reach the left-hand side of the screen. Obviously, it's still very tall, so I can't really get to the top corners. But Samsung has a feature where you just double-tap the home button and it shrinks the screen down so it's that makes it easy to use one-handed but i really really like the narrowness actually and i it wasn't something i had planned on okay so how about this do you also how much do you use snapchat i don't use snapchat all that much do you take many selfies ever almost never (laughs) yeah okay so here's kind of where i'm going with this so samsung's opinion for snapchat folks it would be that they would probably be using the outside screen more so than the inside screen because the outside screen has a really nice selfie camera whereas the inside screen is a little more smooth do you see yourself using the selfie cam on the inside or the outside more whenever you do end up taking a selfie because you're probably not the target market for that i would definitely agree with that i think the the cover screen the the selfie camera on there is going to be what most people are going to use for that purpose the inside screen uh which is when the phone is unfolded and that is the under display camera that that one i would see being used more for productivity um video chats like if you wanted the big screen and you can use the uh the inside camera and have that kind of video chat up and actually kind of have the phone folded so it's sitting on a desk not fully folded but kind of at an angle and then you can use the bottom part of the screen at the same time you have a chat going on the top in horizontal mode. So I, I think I think that's kind of how it'll shake out. And so the I think the quality of those makes sense for for how people would use them. Yeah, the business ideas that Samsung has pushed in their marketing has been really intriguing to me. Obviously, I do like quite like the computers that I use for work, but it, it's always just a a thing on the back of my mind. Like how how fun, how different would it be to try to do your job from a folding phone like the Galaxy Fold Three? It just seems like a fun idea. So, but just curious to see how how people actually end up using it and whether or not people do end up using it for more productivity related things, or if you know, and this is perfectly fine too, if it just is a small tablet that you can fit in your pocket, which is 
and, and you just use it for Reddit or you use it for all the different fun things that you can do. Games, I bet, would be probably pretty sick on this thing. Have you downloaded any games? I briefly fired up uh, PlayStation Remote Play, and that that was pretty cool. <laughs> I'm fully planning on getting more games in this, especially retro-style games, because of the aspect ratio. When the phone is unfolded, it's a little more square. So I think putting that type of game on here uh, would be pretty freaking cool so the camera on the inside screen what's your thoughts on the camera on the inside screen i wasn't a huge fan of it with the uh white background but it was a little better on a dark background what's your thoughts on the inside camera i think white background or not this thing is really going to Hmm. blend in and almost disappear for me i looked at it once because i was curious And then I basically never thought about it again. It disappeared to my eyes almost entirely and almost instantly. Uh, If I look for it, it's still there. If I'm just using the phone, it's out of my periphery even. It's just gone. If you look for it, it's there and you can tell that it's it's kind of pixely looking. But it's it's nothing that bothered me even even when I did see it or do see it. Seems like that's the only first generation tech on this device, uh, which is which is quite a testament to what this device is. So that's cool. Battery life. How's battery life? So far has been acceptable for me, uh, for my uses. I haven't done a whole lot of like multitasking on it quite yet. I've kind of tested it for brief periods, but so far it's been decent. And there are a few things that you can do to kind of optimize it. And one of those I actually ended up doing, which is with 5G, like 5G radios, which this phone is, it's 5G. 5G will eat your battery alive. Mm -hmm. So one of the Mm -hmm. first things, not first things, but uh, fairly early on that I did was use a Bixby routine to when I'm on Wi-Fi, it turns off the 5G radio. So that that probably is a, a major factor in the battery holding up. You might as well just turn off 5G entirely. I've had mine turned off entirely for uh, the last year. I've turned it on periodically here and there just to see whether or not there's any speed difference. Honestly, in many instances, 4G is faster than 5G. 5G is a technology for the future, and it'll be something that can be turned on later. Right. Specifically when battery life isn't killed immediately. But man, outside of a stadium uh, for like a packed stadium at like a football game, but outside that one scenario, turn it off. It's my opinion. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. I, I've had 5G on when I've been out and stuff, and I haven't done speed tests or anything. But when I was on 4G before and being on 5G now, there's almost no noticeable difference. There's so, no difference. There's no it, difference. Yeah, 4G Sometimes is, 5G is slower. 4G is plenty <laughs> fast. Uh, 5G is going to be great if it continues to improve and everything. But Yeah, they'll, they'll improve it, and they'll be able to knock out the latency at some point, and they'll be able to get faster at some point. But yeah, I mean, right now, just let the carriers build it up and do what they need to do to make it actually better than 4G, because right now it's just not. <laughs> so... All right. Uh, I think this one might be controversial, um, at least to you, maybe. Do you use gestures <laughs> or do you use buttons? Buttons. Buttons for life. Hashtag navbar gang. That was so when I tried it out in Best Buy, that was the one thing that I was digging through settings to try to figure out how to enable the gestures because I. I just don't like using the buttons on on phones anymore. I've gotten so used to the um, iPhone X style gesture to navigation that it just is natural to me now. And I was curious to know how natural uh, the Samsung UI would be with gestures. Um, But 
you're not interested so that's yeah, fine I'd, that's fine yeah and we've talked about this before and i gave gestures a shot but they didn't stick i like my buttons um and there's <laughs> a lot of things you can do with the buttons too and i i don't know if it translates all that well to gestures like you can kind of double tap the recents button to go back to your last app you can hold that button to fire up multi-window double tap the home button to change to to shrink the the screen down for one-handed mode i I don't know if all of those things translate that well to gestures Uh, all those things do exist on gestures for the iphone at least i have no idea if it's with android but that said it's probably just as discoverable as it is with buttons because it's not exactly easy to describe just off the top of my head how to trigger those with gestures And it's obviously easier to describe, but I don't think that any common user would be able to find one or the other just as well either. No, mainly, and well, it's the same way that I found out about them. I just, I was going through the settings and there's settings for all of those things. And I I think gestures, they would have the same descriptions for how to trigger those things. But yeah, gestures have just been, I like having the buttons there. They're immediately visible. They're easy to double tap and do things with. So I don't know. Gestures didn't really stick for me. So I'm, I'm buttons for life. I guess that's, a, that's another thing we're on opposite sides of the table on. So we'll, we'll add that yeah. to the, to the, uh, album artwork or something. Yeah. Or maybe we, <laughs> we should call that on out buttons. on the, <laughs> call that out on the, in the beginning of every episode. Yeah. <laughs> We can that that's excellent noted for that. Um, future Brett, as you're editing this, make sure you note this. <laughs> okay, so a lot of changes to UI since. Well, I don't know. Maybe there hasn't been a lot of changes to UI since the S9. Um, it's been a few years. How much has the UI changed? Well, overall UI is practically the same. the The whole aesthetic of it is still the same. The, the design of Samsung's One UI, uh, the, the UX of it at least, is, is still really usable. Uh, most of their apps, if not all of them, are designed so that when you first get to them, they have a huge header, which pushes the content down, and you can easily get to mm-hmm. them one-handed. And then when you scroll down, it takes up the whole screen. That was a big change to One UI 2, right? That was in One UI 2, yes. So that's been around for a little bit. It's still here on the fold and helps a lot. The other thing is that this uh, Samsung's apps take advantage of the larger screen on the inside. So in the settings app, for example, when I go in there, I see the typical settings screen on the left. But then when I click something like notifications then it shows all of the notifications options on the right side of that screen. And the Samsung Messages app and uh, like emails app and stuff will take advantage of that so that they split that view and kind of show you uh, the overview stuff on the left and the, the detail on the right. Where it really gets fun on this device, obviously, is because you have this big screen, is multi-window. Multi-window is in full force on this phone. You can go into multi-window mode and pull up eight different apps. I mean, you can have eight different windows on the screen at once. You can have, you can have things in like four quadrants and then you can have like pop-up windows all over the place running calculators and Excel or Google sheets, internet, Reddit notes. You, You can pull pretty much everything up at once if you want to. And you've got a fair bit of screen real estate to work with to do it. The the multi-window features on this phone are really good, and a lot of stuff that uh, previously was in... Uh, Samsung has this app called Goodlock, 
which isn't terribly well named because it's it's really kind of a central hub for tons of customizations that you can do. And this is actually one reason why I haven't had any interest in rooting a phone for years. I mean, even before One UI, but especially on these because Samsung's gotten really well at really good at providing you ways to customize the phone. So on my S9 Plus, I was using it to center my clock. That doesn't make a lot of sense on this phone in particular because it's on the outside screen. It has a whole like hole punch camera in the middle and stuff. So that's not something I'm doing, but it allows you to change like how your recent apps menu comes up. You can change it to be carousel. You can change it to be a vertical scrolling list or more compact and tons of tons of customizations that uh, aren't built into the settings, but are in this separate app. Anyway, uh, there's a labs section in uh, the settings on the fold in the advanced. So advanced features labs and some features that were in good lock and, and some that are new have moved into this labs section. So th- just things like forcing multi window for all apps, because some apps I, I think just didn't support it and wouldn't allow you to do it. This allows you to actually just force those to show up in multi-window. Auto-rotating certain apps, changing app aspect ratios. Uh, It's got uh, split view settings, uh, flex mode panels, like if you fold. So when your phone is folded upright, the app you're using will appear at the top of the screen and a panel appears at the bottom with extra controls to help you use the app. I haven't used that one yet, but... (laughs) But it's in there. And then <laughs> and then there's also the edge panel, which is basically the the taskbar or dock that we had talked about in the last episode. Yeah. And that's that's kind of part of that labs thing. So some of that stuff has moved into this labs right in the settings app instead of being this not third party, but kind of yeah. out of out of the way thing that you have to download from samsung do you have the dock permanently showing or do you uh swipe to show it i have it swipe which is exactly how i had it on my s9 plus Uh, i'm very used to doing that but it's pretty easy to pin it if i ever wanted to you just swipe it out there's a little menu button at the bottom and then you hit pin um and and then it would just be pinned to the side i don't know if there's a setting to put it on a different side i think it's always on that right side of the screen Hmm. yeah i mean that makes sense I love all the different customizations of uh, your Samsung phones. My suspicion is that when Apple does end up making a folding phone, I I think it's safe to assume they will at some point. I'm not going to have nearly the n- amount of customizations that you have. I think it's going to be adapted from iPad OS UI and shrunk somehow and just curious to see what exactly they do but the thing is you have the choice i mean you can choose between buttons and gestures i'm never gonna be able to choose buttons ever again and Mm. that's fine by me so um (laughs) yeah the the choices that you have are are, are really great and i i god i remember rooting back back in the day and just you know kind of coming up with a different way to do things uh frequently as i was trying to figure out you know what how i wanted to use my phone and yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. So I I don't need to do that now. But at the same time, that doesn't change the fact that I think it would be a little fun to kind of experiment with it because, I don't know, iOS has been kind of bland for the last few years. It's not really changed a ton. It's stable, so that's one thing. Makes developing apps pretty easy for it. But um, at the same time, it is not. there's not a lot of 
There's not a lot of pizzazz with iOS these days, whereas you have probably the most pizzazz full phone in existence right now. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I think that's probably true. <laughs> Samsung Samsung pretty much pulled out all the stops with this one. I mean, Samsung for a long time has been sort of the kitchen sink uh, manufacturer. They throw everything they have at the wall. And luckily for them in the past few years, most of it has stuck. There was a streak there prior to that where they had a lot of stuff and most of it was trash. <laughs> what generation was that? Uh, I'd say that's probably prior to the prior to the S4 even. So early oh, Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, inspired by nature. Yeah, <laughs> or designed for humans with the, the little uh, droplet touch sounds horrible <laughs> i yeah i worked in a verizon store during that and boy oh boy do i remember those sounds yeah because every single day like those are on by default and every <laughs> single day because samsung phones sold like hotcakes and so we're setting up phones for people and yeah bloop 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 <laughs> boy oh boy man <laughs> first thing i would do so is memories mute. of those you can't mute it before you get through the true. Uh, you got to get through the initial through the setup. Yeah. Initial setup, and that's yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I didn't. I didn't make that choice for my customers. I just, <laughs> you know, if they said, "Boy, where the sound sucks," like, thank you. There's a way to turn it off, but <laughs> they didn't care. I guess that's the way it goes. <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. So what a great phone! What a great phone! Congratulations on uh, spending money. Finally. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, and we talked about it a little bit last time. Uh, Samsung's trade-ins are very, very good. Um, at least they were during the pre-order phase. Obviously, since I already bought the phone, I haven't kept a close eye on what it's like to buy one now. Uh, now that it's out of the yeah. pre-order phase, I'm not sure what kind of uh, deals they've got. I'm sure they still have lots of trade-ins and stuff. Um, they were actually very generous uh, in trade-ins, you can tra- you could trade in up to four devices, so you could potentially save quite a chunk of money buying the fold or the flip. Yeah, I know that there's a ton of deals for the flip explicitly. I, I they are continuing their deal where I think you can trade in. A, I think if you trade in like a recent iPhone or a recent Galaxy, um, you can get the flip for like some three hundred bucks. And I I think they're going to continue that for a while because i i think you can still get that today don't i guess maybe don't quote me but i think you can still get that today and that's a pretty interesting deal three hundred dollars for a folding phone my first folding phone is an interesting idea so yeah the the flip would be another story uh that one it sounds like the battery is quite poor on there compared to the 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 fold seems like it holds up the flip seems like the battery life is is not very good so I still think the device is great, and I think I'd like to see more of it. But I think for now, the Fold is where... Because we had talked a little bit last time, like, "Ah, I'm not sure about the Fold, and I don't know, maybe I would switch out for the Flip or something. I don't know if I'll use the bigger screen. I'm I'm fully in the Fold camp now. It's amazing. And I... I wouldn't switch to the flip personally. Um, I could see it for people who maybe don't have as large of pockets or no pockets at all, which is like half the population. Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) Interesting. Well, cool. I look forward to seeing it in just a few months here. That'll be fun. Yeah, I'll give you a hands on. on Yeah, let's hop on into picks now, huh? All right, go ahead. All righty. So mine is probably a weird one um, just because of the fact that I'm currently in Seattle. And my recommendation is Pike. 
place market. This is a, first of all, it's mass required because there's a ton of people in this open stall market shop. And it's it's a little market close to the shoreline of Seattle. And I think it's one of the most highly recommended places to go to in Seattle. So this shouldn't be the first time you've ever heard it. But for those of you who are interested in visiting Seattle, this is a really, really cool idea. Um, it's, a, it's a farmer's market um, and there's a ton of local shops. So just for example, the different things that you can get there. Uh, they obviously have a ton of food. They have a ton of flowers. Margot bought a leather bound book with homemade paper. Uh, it's a really neato, um, the homemade paper thing was, took me by surprise because I thought it was just some fancy paper. And the dude, as he was uh, ringing Marco up, he was like, oh yeah, by the way, I made that paper by hand. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And you know, beautiful leather as well. So this, this book is going to be an heirloom for us now. Yeah. It'll last, it'll last hundreds of years. Yeah. As long as the paper will last anyway. Um, and I got some very delicious hot sauce as well. Um, so they, they sell the gamut here. They, um, we also got lunch there from a place called Honest Biscuits. They make biscuits. Uh, sometimes they cut those into sandwich, into, Sometimes they cut those biscuits in half and make up sandwiches out of them. Um, other times they just keep them whole. Um, and they're they're just delicious. One of the best blueberry uh, biscuits I've ever had in my life. And then there's a, just a ton of food here. And so we're going to be, we're like about a quarter of a mile away from it. So we're probably going to go to lunch there pretty frequently. It's... There's everything you could possibly want in this cool little farmer's market, a huge farmer's market. Like it's, it's several blocks wide. It's, it's gigantic. It's fantastic. Right on. Next time you're in Seattle, I'll, <laughs> I'll remind you about this. <laughs> Pike place market. Right on. And yes. just to be clear, that is not the Starbucks coffee, but I'm assuming they're named because of that place. I went, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Pike place is the branding of Pike place is kind of all over this part of the town. So mm-hmm. I think it's, popular it's like the most famous part of seattle probably it's it's definitely hopping boy oh boy there's some <laughs> fancy ass restaurants down here man oh my god <laughs> good to Neat know area down here down by pike place so um highly recommended highly recommended indeed so what do you got well mine is something that anyone can enjoy regardless of their geographic location uh even nice. if you're not in seattle you can check out this game <laughs> called Splitgate. <laughs> Good thing to recommend a highly uh, something that everyone can do. <laughs> yes, this is worldwide. Uh, so this is a game called Splitgate, and I, I've heard a little bit about it, but it's really still on. It's it's up and coming. Um, it's a free to play game currently because it's kind of early access, and I think it's kind of in the same. I, I would put it in the same bucket as like Fortnite, where you can play it for free, and then it's got a bunch of cosmetic stuff you can buy and a you know battle pass or whatever so it's it's a first person shooter it's basically halo meets portal that's their own that's how they describe it so really nice it's super fun to play and it feels like old school halo uh it's it's i i would say the gameplay is simple it's mainly with guns, various types of guns. However, you throw portals in the mix and suddenly your brain just oh goes haywire because you're, you're <laughs> trying to throw like you've got two shoulder buttons. Well, you've got your triggers and then your two shoulder buttons are one L one on PlayStation. And oh so God. you use one to throw down one portal and the other to throw down the other portal. And when you've got two portals up, you can go from one to the other, just like in the game portal. All right. Yeah. Now you throw Halo into the mix and you've got like people running around shooting each other and it's just chaos. And like oh it, it maintains your momentum. So like you can put 
one portal down here and one up there and then you fly out the wall and just get zoom in like throwing you know while you're in midair you change the portals and suddenly you're just going <laughs> it's it's oh, sick i played a couple hours of it yesterday and it was super fun it's it's on a bunch of platforms it's on pc that's windows and linux it's on playstation 4 and 5 and it's also on xbox one x and s it has potential it's super fun uh, it's not super graphically impressive. I think there's a lot of work they could do there. And the the the, the places you can place portals are a little bit uh, limited. Like they have special walls that where you can put a portal. So I think it'd be nice to kind of integrate those more into the map because it looks like they just kind of took a map, designed that, and then dropped in these blocks for where you can put portals. So it'd be nice if that was a little bit more integrated and you can just kind of put portals in more places at least not have it look so kind of afterthoughty and just let's throw portals in here. <laughs> but in terms of the gameplay, it works really well and it's super fun. This looks cool. This looks pretty cool. I um, I might want to talk more about that as, as I get closer to home and not traveling so much because this looks like kind of, kind of a fun game to uh, try it out. It's fun. Yeah, really fun. And it does have cross play. So even if you're on PC or Xbox, um, I think we could still link up that's sick that's the way of the future mm-hmm. okay well i think that just about does it for today um thank you for listening um if you want to share any feedback questions or topic suggestions feel free to reach out to us on twitter we are at active discourse gonna give this one another shot if it isn't obvious by now feel free to subscribe uh to us in your podcast player of choice if you want to hear us continually so we'll be back soon we are talking on labor day and it's widely expected that tomorrow apple will announce a date for the next iphone event and that is expected to be on september 14th and so uh we will be back to you again uh shortly after that um maybe maybe a week or two after that so um until then stay safe see you in the next one